This is the MS Show, the podcast for people with multiple sclerosis and their families who want information and inspiration. I'm Bron Webster. I've been living with MS for over 20 years. I'll be sharing with you tips, stories and ways to keep going with MS. So today I'm joined by Jeff Alex, who joins me and we're talking about the OMS or Overcoming Multiple Sclerosis Lifestyle. Hi Jeff, welcome and thanks for joining. Hello, thanks for having me. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. So, um, so you are somebody who has been doing the OMS lifestyle. Um, and how long have you been doing it now? Um, it would be about five years now, five or six years. Okay. And how are you finding it? I mean, now it's completely normal. So it's just, um, I don't really think about it at all. Um, and it's just how I live. Um, so it, uh, yeah, to be honest, it's not really a consideration and it's just normal to me. Mm -hmm. So where does it originate this, uh, lifestyle? So it was originally, um, there was a, a doctor in Melbourne, Australia, whose, whose mother had MS and had particularly bad times his back prior to any treatment or anything. So he'd seen all of that. She actually ended up taking her own life. And, um, but he then got MS and he was obviously more concerned because he'd seen what had happened to his mother. Um, but he was a doctor, he's an epidemiologist, and he looked into all of the published research because he had access to it. And he found that it wasn't quite as simple as what the, the, the medical literature at the time was saying. Uh, and this is quite a while ago before there was a huge amount of treatment, but there, there was a lot of research that had been done going back to the 1950s. And so it had this sort of history going back there and he found that there was a, a diet called Swank Diet um, that actually had a large number of people. It was a big study and they'd found a lot of evidence that reducing saturated fat had a dramatic improvement in the outcome of people with MS. And not just people with MS, but actually their families as well. Because uh, this, this guy, Roy Swank, he put the whole families onto this diet of, of cutting down their saturated fats. And there were hundreds of, of families and none of the children contracted MS or developed MS. And so statistically, um, some of them should have and, and none of them did. And so there was, it wasn't, that was an unintended consequence. It was, it, that wasn't what they were studying. Mm. Um, and so he said, well, there's got to be something in this. And so he did a lot more research. Um, and basically he's, um, uh, sort of, he- he's head of epidemiology at, um, at Melbourne University, and so it, or University Hospital, I think. But yeah, he he had a lot of access. He had a lot of research, and and looked into it an awful lot more, and then basically found that there were a, a number of improvements you could make. That was the core: was this low saturated fat, and then looking into other things. Um, and I can go through all the protocols in a bit but it was basically the history of that and then they continue the research now um so it's so it's constantly researching and looking at what could improve people with ms really anywhere so whether it's be medication whether it be diet whether it be exercise so it's a, a really wide ranging not not really limiting uh, and just looking at where we could get improvements mm. and how did you find out about it 
Um, so I had a very long diagnosis. That's not I, unusual, is it? No. <laughs> um, through my work, I had um, private health care and I'd never used it. But I thought, I know there's a long wait to see a neurologist. So I will try and, and get this diagnosis faster. Um, my father had MS, so I thought that that might be what was causing this. My GP didn't think it was. He, you know, I had things going back oh, more than well, at least 20 years. Um, but they were things I'd get a symptom, it would go away. And they'd say, oh, we couldn't work out what that was, but it went away, so it's fine. And, and that's quite often the case. People often have these stories because the doctors aren't worried. You got, you got better. We're not really worried anymore. And it's like, well, it's, yeah, relapse remitting. So mm. it went away. And so I was pretty convinced I'd had vision issues. The, the optician said, there's nothing wrong with your eyes. And um, he said, there's something wrong outside your eyes, controlling your eyes. And I thought, well, this has got to be it. And, and so I, I used private healthcare. That got me to see a neurologist straight away. It got me some tests. So I had an MRI scan and he said, you almost certainly have MS but you need to have more tests and those require you to go through the national health service. And then I went to the back of the queue that I thought I was going ahead of. So I actually would have been quicker if I'd stuck with the original um, thing. And it took, I think it was neat. It was like four or five months from being told I had MS to being actually officially having MS. And in that time, then you have no treatment, no counseling, no resources at all because you don't officially have MS. And so really it was my wife actually found overcoming MS. I'd found a number of different resources and there's lots of different diets, um, which I'm sure you'll sort of come across as well. Sort of, and I, I know you sort of, Wiles is something and, and best bet diet. And there's, there's lots and lots of different things and there's lots of treatments as well. Some, some of which are asking for quite a lot of money and have very little evidence. And my wife said, well, there's this one that is not asking for any money They'll send you the books for nothing. And, the, and, and I'm sort of from a science background. So, and, and so I'm interested in the evidence. She said, and, and it's an evidence-based approach. And so I'd say, okay, well, I'll get the book and, um, and started reading it. And I had got, I don't know, not even a quarter of the way through. And, and I thought, yeah, okay, this is, I like the sound of this. This is, this is scientifically based. The guy is, he's a professor. He's, he knows what he's doing. And he's backed it up with massive amounts of research. And so this is worth doing. It's not going to cost me loads of money. It's a charity. Nothing they're doing is trying to get money from me. So uh, I trust. And that's really important, isn't it, Jess? Um, well, on a trust basis. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, that doesn't mean that. I mean, I know there's a number of people who they're living, they're, they're making a living out of doing you know maybe they're doing um exercise stuff and there's some great exercise resources for specifically for people with ms and yes that is their business and that's not a bad thing but i just think it, it's it maybe makes people a little bit more skeptical you've got you've got to think are they doing this just to make money or is that a side effect of what they're doing so it's yeah, it, yeah. that gave me some confidence because it wasn't it wasn't making money from me yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you've already talked about how much evidence there is around the actual approach of OMS, but um, at this point, we don't know that much about it. So do you want to 
explain a little bit more about the different steps that are involved? Yes. So there's, they, they say it's a seven step approach. I mean, I'll go through them, but there's five core steps really in my opinion, but, and, I, and I'll add an extra one first, which they don't cover because it's taken to be so obvious, which is don't smoke. So smoking comes up quite a lot. You know, it's mentioned in the book, but it's not one of the seven steps, but I think people, if you don't add that in, then people could do the seven steps and still smoke. That's a really bad idea. <laughs> so don't smoke. Everyone knows don't smoke. Um, <laughs> From Jeff Alex, you heard it here. <laughs> well, I think your neurologist tell you don't smoke. Every different MS approach tell you don't smoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and just your GP's going to tell you don't smoke anyway. Um, so the first one, and the one that everyone notices is diet. Very simply, it's a plant-based whole food diet plus seafood. So essentially vegan um no meat no dairy but whole food so you can be a really unhealthy vegan there's a lot of vegan stuff in the supermarkets now because it's becoming a much bigger thing and a lot of it's very heavily processed so it's trying to avoid heavily processed food so plant-based whole food diet plus seafood so um the evidence against high saturated fat as i said but that's that's really core and and certainly red meat is very high saturated fat um dairy has an awful lot of evidence against it so so those things are kind of core in there but seafood didn't seem to have any major evidence against it so um adding seafood in meant you're getting enough b12 that you know there's there's if you're going fully vegan you do need to make sure you um some supplements um so so i certainly add in sort of prawns fish into my diet um there are other things to that i mean you need to uh, discounting oms avoiding big fish too much like tuna or a big fish they have more mercury in them so there's other issues that's nothing to do with oms but you, you need to worry about those sort of things as well small things tend to be okay anchovies prawns don't really have those issues um so that's what you're allowed on the diet there's plenty of people who are just vegan on it um other people you know you'd think well actually what about uh, chicken breast that's quite low saturated fat um technically the the program says it's easier just to cut out meat and say i don't have meat and then you're not elevating meat to a higher level but there's certainly more evidence against red meat um, high saturated fats, um, but it's just simply to say no meat, no dairy, whole food diet. And then also in the diet bit is supplementing that with omega-3s. So omega-3s are found to be um, anti-inflammatory and omega-9s, I think it is, are pro-inflammatory. They can cause an inflammatory, a, 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 a response in your immune system. So it's a balance between the two. So it's cutting down one and increasing the other. Um, mm -hmm. So increasing omega-3s is found to be beneficial. And they now suggest flaxseed oil. Um, traditionally, it was um, like a, a fish oil, cod liver oil, those sort of things. Um, now flaxseed oil is found to be more uh, beneficial. Most people are having that. Linseed oil is the same thing as flaxseed oil. Mm -hmm. um, so most people supplement with that, um, add it into... Um, I have mine in a smoothie. Other people, that's that sounds tasty. Mixed it with food. If you have them neat, it does. It's not an oil you would naturally 
have as a, a for a flavor it's not a hideous flavor but it's yeah just uh, most people mix it in some people mix it in their porridge and things like that mm-hmm. um and it means just getting more omega-3s which is um sort of dampening down your immune response so that's a diet a lot of people just see it as a diet because it's so visible um all my friends know all oh, right jeff doesn't eat meat um, and they see it so so they think okay it's just a diet um but that that is sort of the f- step one the other the next one is is vitamin d uh, there are connections to all these things vitamin d is what your body uses um to produce calcium amongst other things. And it also has an effect on your, your immune system. Um, and people say, oh, if you're not getting dairy, where do you get enough calcium? The thing is, if you have enough vitamin D, your body produces enough calcium. So there's a protocol actually called Coimba protocol, which is completely different to OMS, where they have massive doses of vitamin D. They have to avoid all calcium in their diet because otherwise you have too much calcium then you end up with kidney stones um, as a sort of least bad thing. So, so vitamin D actually helps you get calcium out of, out of what you eat. And in fact, cows are making milk from grass, sunshine, water. That's it. So it basically, green leafy vegetables and sunshine, you can actually make the calcium that you require. You don't need the, um, the dairy. And actually, on, on dairy... Um, someone did say, um, a lot of people say it's not natural to not have any dairy. And then they say, actually, is it really natural for any animal on earth to have breast milk from another species? In fact, any animal on earth to have breast milk as an adult is not normal. From another species, even weirder. So, you know, if you had human breast milk as an adult, you'd probably be locked up. And then if you start saying actually get it from another species, it sounds even weirder. So, can it can we really have evolved to require this it's unlikely it's not normal for any species so vitamin d yeah it does once someone puts it like that you think yeah actually i'm not sure the people who are avoiding dairy are the weird ones um so vitamin d is important and increasingly i mean it's coming up now um with um because we're sort of in the middle of the coronavirus covid19 pandemic they're now saying you should take vitamin d for that um and, and vitamin d is getting difficult to get hold of um, because everyone's buying it up because they found it has an Im- increased um, or, or, or decreased risk, if you like, with, with COVID-19. If you've got vitamin D levels, people with low vitamin D come off much worse because it's, it's all this immune response. So vitamin D is very important or sunlight. If you can get uh, 15 minutes of good sun um, a And day, that's all about the angle, isn't it? That the yeah. sun is hitting... So, Hitting the earth. I'm in the UK. You're not going to get much sun most of the year. No, no. Um, and the angle's not going to be great. No. Only for a couple of months in the summer. And you do find that if you look at MS maps of where MS occurs, it occurs more further from the equator. Fairly mm-hmm. consistently. People who are near the equator get less MS. So, again, there's likely to be a connection in there. Um, sunshine itself, there, there is an, uh, some evidence that actually sunshine is better than just vitamin D, so do try and get some sunshine. I now send my kids out 15 minutes before they have their sun cream on, whereas we used to obsessively put the sun cream on before they left the house. But actually, in 15 minutes, you're not going to get any problems, even somewhere tropical, and then slap the sun cream on. You don't want to get yeah. skin cancer, I'm not saying, you know, but, but 15 minutes then put sun cream on, get the benefits. Your, your body will max out the vitamin D in 15 minutes and it won't get any more. It, it naturally stops you 
absorbing more from the sun. So, so that's number two, vitamin D. Uh, number three is exercise. Um, again, fairly standard healthy advice. Um, so 30 minutes exercise a day, three to five times a week. Um, certainly causes is, is a good thing. Um, it's, it's a fairly non-controversial argument. Again, that's fan to have improvements for people with MS. Um, we, if you've got MS, you need to do what you can do. Uh, maybe people are immobile. There are loads of resources online for people with MS to do exercise if they're wheelchair bound, you know, but there are other people who are running marathons who've got MS. So it's, it's doing what you can do and trying yeah. to stay um, fit and uh, healthy. Um, then the one next that's not listed is the one that people find hardest, which is meditation and mindfulness. Um, there is certainly, I think most people with MS would know that there's a link between stress and symptoms. And, and I certainly know this. If I get stressed, my symptoms flare up instantly. More than anything else, straight away, if I get stressed, my balance goes to pot. It, you know, it's, it's straight away. So I know that I need to stay calm and mindfulness is a good practice to get into. Um, it's, it is a harder one because the diet thing, for example, is just, it's easy. It's just like, that's what I eat. The, the mindfulness, I need to actually schedule a bit of time and say, okay, right, I'm going to do a bit of mindfulness there. Um, and it does. It's, a day, it's not just that 30 minutes. It's about living mindfully. It's about trying to, if I feel myself getting stressed, take a few breaths, try to calm myself down because I know that if I get stressed out, my symptoms get worse. So, um, yeah. And does the book, um, give you some ideas for how to do it? Because I know again, there's lots of people that will give you a mindfulness course. Yes. I mean, again, you. there are loads of free resources out there. Um, you, there are some relatively cheap ones, but there are also some completely free ones. There's a thing called Insight Timer, which I think is on pretty much all phone platforms. And they have a free free resources, loads and loads of guided meditations. Um, you could equally go to a yoga class, and that can cover exercise and mindfulness, because they normally have a mindfulness bit at the end of the yoga. Um, you can get to the point where you just do it yourself, um, but a lot of people like to listen to a guided meditation. But yeah, again, I don't, I don't think you need to put, spend any money. If you want to a course, then yeah. But equally, there's free resources on that. There's a guy called Craig Hassad who does a lot of the mindfulness side of things for overcoming MS. And he's got um, free resources from Monash University. Um, and if you look for Craig Hassad, I think you'd find it. I think it's a, it's a four-week course in mindfulness, completely free. Um, it's Future Learn is the platform it's done on. Um, so on the Future Learn platform, Craig Hassad. And, and that's completely free. So I don't think you need to spend any money on these things. Um, and, and doing a guided meditation certainly can be free. Uh, the, the fifth one is, is medication, because OMS is not anti-medication. I know a lot of the, the sort of dietary approaches are, are anti-medication. But they're basically saying choose the medication that's right for you. Consult with your doctor. But it may be that no medication is right for you. So have a look at the side effects and make a rational decision but don't rule out um, medication. There's, there's certainly people I know who are doing OMS who have no medication, and there's equally people who've gone all the way to HSCT, and, and which is the most extreme stem, stem cell treatment, the most extreme medication you can have who are also doing OMS. So, so it's all, all of them 
um, and it's, it's certainly not anti-medication. I've had medication, um, and there are people who've, who've had medication then come off medication because they find that actually they think they're fine. Um, but yeah, that's so that's that's the fifth one, and then so that's like really the five core ones for yourself. And then the other two are number six is prevent your family members from getting it. There is certainly massive evidence that there is a genetic link. Um, it doesn't mean if you've got MS, your kids are going to get it, but it does mean if you've got MS, then it's very likely that someone else in your family had it. So it doesn't work in both directions. It's almost like if, if you think your kids are, I think they're looking at sort of four or 5% chance of them having it. Um, but the chances of someone, it, it doesn't work in both ways. Does that make sense? So actually the chance of you having a family member with it are very high, but actually your family member had loads and loads of relatives and the rest of them probably didn't have it. Um, so my brother doesn't have MS. Um, I do. My dad had it. So mm-hmm. he's on his children a 50, 50 chance. So and we're yeah, quite similar on that because my dad also had MS and my brother yeah. and sister don't have MS. Yeah. So um, you worry more, I think about your kids, but it doesn't mean they're going to get it. Um, and, and George Jelinek, who's behind the overcoming MS approach, um, his mother had it, um, and, you, and a lot of people you speak to, they did have family members. So you, so it doesn't mean you, your kids are going to get it. That's the key. I mean, don't think, oh my word, that's it, they're doomed. Um, they have an increased risk, but it's still unlikely. But you can decrease that risk. So discourage your kids from smoking, which is standard anyway. You know, it's quite smoke. sensible <laughs> things don't too, smoke. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. um, get enough vitamin D, supplement with vitamin D. So taking a, a vitamin D supplement makes sense for your kids. Get them out in 15 minutes in the sun before you put sun cream on. That's going to help with the vitamin D level. Eat a healthy diet. Decrease saturated fat. Try and avoid red meats. Um, try and supplement with omega-3s, flaxseed oil, for example. Um, keep the stress level down if you can. I know it's difficult. To eat. I've got teenage kids now. That's difficult. Um, exercise. Keep your kids fit, healthy, exercise, just standard stuff. I mean, and and I, I brought all this to my neurologist and my GP, and they basically said, it's unproven, dietary stuff not proven. However, all of this stuff will make you healthier. It will make you have lower chance of heart disease, cancer, diabetes, and it was endless, Parkinson's. It was like a long, long list of things that is going to decrease your risk. So basically, nothing on here is unhealthy. All of the things, according to general medical advice, are healthy. Mm-hmm. So, so then I was thinking, well, on the, on the sort of risk-reward basis, it makes sense. And so, yes, I, with my kids, they don't do it as rigidly as I do, but they do have a low saturated fat diet. They exercise regularly. They have vitamin D supplement. Um, and, th- and that should bring their risk levels down to probably below the general population um, who are not following all those things and are eating with McDonald's and so on. Mm-hmm. And the final thing is change your life for life. So basically it's saying, um, well, two things here. I mean, one is it's not a, a, you're not taking a tablet and you're fixed. It's like you've got to carry on doing this. And actually, because it is healthy, because you are going to have lower risk of heart disease, it's just a good idea. Um, and that it's a very, very slow thing it is not going to fix you straight away you'll probably see no benefits for a couple of years 
Um, and, and it could take two, three, four, five years before you get all the benefits of these approaches. They're very, very slow. And they say it's like turning a, a cruise ship around or an oil tanker around. It's going to be a very slow process and you've got to get, get it going in the right direction and, and stick with it. Um, and it does need faith to do that. You, you're having to, and that's why the evidence-based approach helps because you really need faith in it because if you do it for six months and think, oh, I had another relapse or it's not working, not, I don't feel any better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in six months, you might, if you're lucky, start to feel some improvement at best. So it's, it's, and I, and I would say that on any of these approaches, I mean, any of the ones you might cover, I, I would say that with those, right? It's, they're going to be long term things. This is not taking a paracetamol to fix your headache. It's, it's, a, it's going to be a slow process um, to, to improve your metabolism, if you like. Absolutely. So, so it's a big, a big commitment psychologically to doing something about it. Yes. And, and that, that can be difficult. I mean, I think I, I've been asked, this has become much more mainstream actually in the last few years. And so my um, MS nurse and neurologist asked me to, to do a talk at a meeting for diagnosed people that they had because they're neurologists only running you allowed really to tell you about the drugs. The, the official, they have to follow the guidance from national health service in the UK. They can't really say anything else. Um, legally that they you know they, they they don't have that ability so, so he asked me to have to, to do a talk because he kind of agreed with the approach i'm doing and i can i'm not restricted by those sort of things but it was amazing the number of people there and how many of them were interested in doing anything other than taking a tablet or an injection they would they would take the drugs they would do nothing else and i would say that that was more than 90 percent of the people there wanted to take a drug they, they wanted to take a drug they didn't want to do anything other than that they were not prepared to do any other lifestyle change whatsoever and so we i had a, I gave a little talk and had a little stall there there were people who, who were really interested who really wanted to do whatever they could and the, and the tagline for oms is whatever it takes so that's what mm. i'm saying nothing's ruled out they don't you know if there's there's no sort of buy-in to this they're not making any money out of it so it's basically saying well if they found that there was a tablet you could take that fixes everything then yeah great take the tablet it's that it's not saying you have to do this approach and, and there have been changes over over the years um sort of subtle changes with um do you take fish oil or flaxseed oil and, and things have changed because they found a better way of doing things and they will adapt as evidence comes up but yeah i mean the it was, it was astounding to me the number of people who were not prepared to do anything and the interest in the... That's astounding to me, actually, as well. Why, would you, thought, not, yeah. why would you not well, do something? So the interest in the people who were promoting wheelchairs was more than the interest that they had from people who were saying, I, I had stuff there, was free resources that you could improve your life at no cost. And they were more interested in what sort of wheelchair they might end up with in five, in five years' time. Which is, I found very sad, but it's, it's as do I. Because I think, I think as you visualise your future and what's in that future, that plays a part too. Yeah, and I think, and I think, you, but this is not this is not OMS. So we're just to make that no, clear. no, no. I, I think, and I think that actually that is part of it. I think the, the original OMS book had had another thing saying about faith, and that's not necessarily religious faith. It was 
it was have a belief in what you're doing that helps you have that vision of a future. Um, a lot of people say, I want to walk my daughter down the aisle. Um, you know, I, if you look at George Jelinek, it, you know, he, he's as fit and, I mean, I guess he's now about 70 or something, but he, he doesn't look that old. And he's got MS and he looks great. And you think, well, that is a future. Mm. If, you, if I'm like that, you know, he's so, so the number of people who are doing really, really well and you think, yeah, that's where I want to be. I don't, I don't want to get worse. I want to get better. I don't think I, I want to improve. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And that's the whole, it's a progressive, apparently neurological condition. And within that, there are different progressive badges. So those, yeah, those are basically the seven steps um, to OMS as they currently are. It, it's worth keeping up to date with um, the website if you're interested, um, because as I said, they, there can be changes. They, there is evidence-based, so they'll, they will follow changes. And there are some, some other areas of interest that they're looking at. Um, there's potential for um, things like vitamin K12, got some... I think, no, K2, sorry, got um, some interest. And so there's, there's research going on in other areas and, and those will come into the programme if they're found to definitely be beneficial. Yeah, and that's quite reassuring to know that it's constantly evolving based on the latest evidence available as well. Yeah, I mean, they do. I mean, it's mo- it, it mostly comes out of um, uh, Melbourne, Australia, where George Jernick was, um, but it's continued as a whole department now and they do constantly... Um, look at all the available evidence and do their own research. There's a lot of big um, trials underway. And it's all, um, you know, it's not just people following overcoming MS. They, they do it with the wider population. So they're looking at how it affects everyone doing different um, interventions. Mm. So do you know how many people roughly are involved in the community and the lifestyle? I don't. It's it. I mean, it is a... It's, it's a worldwide um, group, certainly mostly the, the big areas, it, UK and Europe um, are heavily represented. Um, the UK probably more by per capita than anywhere else. Um, Australia, where it originally, as George Jelinek started, um, because initially actually he, he did it for himself to start with. He, he just looked into all this stuff, thought I don't want to go down this path that my mother went down, found all this evidence, started it basically made up his own approach and said, right, this is what I'm going to do. And, um, and then sort of started to feel a bit better and, and, and more confident. And then thought, I can't keep this to myself. I have to let everyone know. And so then it just spread out from there. And then it's become a charity in the UK. And now there's a charity in the US. Um, and so there are different areas of the world really as, as it, it sort of spread. Um, but yeah, there, there, are, there is a huge OMS community. There are, there are thousands and thousands of members who are sort of officially following it, if you like, who are in what are called OMS circles. Mm. Um, and so, I, I mean, I, I, it hasn't been mentioned, but I host the OMS podcast and, and we certainly have thousands of people just listening to the podcast every month. Um, and, and so that there are many, many more people. The proportion of people who listen to podcasts is relatively low. It'd be great if it was more, but um and so so then from that we know that there are yeah there are huge numbers of people who are following this Mm. so um what else did i want to ask so would you say that 
it's there's any increased financial cost there there is an increased financial cost to eating healthily nowadays if you go to a supermarket you can get very cheap very very processed food um and a lot of people eat that way and it's very straightforward to do that and actually i think increasingly if you went to our parents generation then they used to cook food from fresh ingredients and and we kind of slipped away from that and i certainly did and i i am very guilty of that i mean my diet before was terrible um and, and i and i maybe there is a connection here because i was very fit i ran marathons i surfed i snowboarded mountain bikes very very active my diet was awful it but i was thin because i was active so i thought because i was thin i was healthy but actually i was eating heavily processed food i would go and have a, a breakfast in burger king most mornings i would eat um cornish pasties regularly uh, very processed food um pork pies for lunch so it was just heavily processed food eating heavily processed food can be very cheap now that's not necessarily an oms thing it's just the way it is nowadays if you buy ingredients fresh ingredients and cook them it can be more expensive having said that if you cut out meat then it balances it out so yes if you're going to eat a lovely fresh fish fillet every day that would be expensive um you don't have to do that if you have i mean i had what i'd last night um pizza i had pizza without cheese on actually is a great thing um it's really nice pizza without cheese <laughs> anyway uh they eat it in italy just not in, in america um and i had it with anchovies on that's not expensive anchovies not expensive um you know at prawns i had prawn curry in that for again not expensive so it doesn't have to be expensive ideally we'd all eat organic food again that's not necessarily oms they don't say you have to eat organic food on oms it would be better if you did you're getting less chemicals yes that would be a good idea it is going to be more expensive so eating healthily is more expensive full stop if even if you're eating the stuff that we wouldn't eat on oms if you're eating um organic farm raised beef that's been massaged by someone in japan and whatever they wag you beef they do to it and things it, it costs a fortune so yes you can your food can be very expensive the more organic it is the, the less processed it is the more expensive it is um if you if you just had a plant-based whole food diet it doesn't have to be expensive so you can make it as expensive or not as you want really i mean mm. yeah so as a treat we'll have a lovely fillet of fish or something and it would be more expensive but then day to day it doesn't have to be too expensive the rest of the stuff vitamin d very easy to get hold of online not expensive exercise you can again you can have a really expensive personal trainer or you can go for a run or a walk or do something for yeah. free yeah yeah meditation again shouldn't cost you loads of money you can again pay for expensive courses or do one or do free ones so again choice uh medication depends where you live in the world we're in the uk where it's free it's great uh, mm -hmm. if you're in the us it's expensive <laughs> so uh, yes 
We're glad we're not in the US. Yes, and and some other countries are worse. You know, some countries don't have access to all the drugs we do. So that that's dependent. So so no, it doesn't have to be expensive, but it, it's just general life. You know, if you want the personal trainer, yeah, it costs more. If you want to eat um, organic food, that's more expensive than non-organic food. So yeah, yeah, and it's like even if you didn't have an MS and you decided that you were going to do healthy eating that would cost you whatever more it would cost you anyway. Yeah. So it's just all about being healthy. And, and I'm no doubt that organic, organic food is, is better for you. I mean, I think that's, but that's not an MMS thing. That's just a general thing. Mm. So that, so I don't think it costs you more other than it costs you more to be healthy. Now, unfortunately it costs you more to be healthy nowadays, mm. which is, which is wrong. Yes. But it's not for us to fix. No, <laughs> Definitely not. So that has been a really interesting insights and a dive into the OMS lifestyle. Thanks ever so much for all of that, Jeff. Um, I always like to finish asking just one question. If you could be anywhere in the world drinking your favourite drink, where would you be and what would you be drinking? And it doesn't need to be alcoholic. Okay, so we're discounting the fact that the coronavirus is going on. We, we're ignoring we the coronavirus. Yeah, right. we're, we're ignoring that. Where's my favourite place in the world? Um, I've actually travelled quite a lot. Um, and I would say, if it was like one specific place, I'd say it was in the Philippines, on an island in the Philippines. Which island? Um, the... There's an island um, called North Pandan Island, which is tiny. It's just a little island. Um, you can go scuba diving from there, and they have a set of uh, huts where you can stay. It took us days to get there. It's not easy to find. You have to get to Manila, then you have to go to another island, then, you, then we had to take a, a fishing boat round, and then we had to get a guide driving us to then catch up with a bus, and then we got a bus to somewhere else where we got a boat to this little island. So it was complicated to get to, but it's in the middle of nowhere, completely disconnected, just completely idyllic tropical island. Um, I wouldn't, if I was there, I'd, I'd probably be drinking a cold beer or something, but actually, um, if, if it was anywhere else, I, I quite fancy a Rioja normally. Mm-hmm. Not if it's hot, but uh, no. I do like a Rioja. A nice Rioja. Yeah. And I'll let you into a little a little secret. We were due to go out to the Philippines for 16 days this year. Oh. <laughs> on the 30th of March. So, and that's and then I would have been experiencing everything that you're sort of yeah. visualizing. Oh, well. It can we well leave it that. leave it for another year. Next year maybe. Yeah. Yeah, we will go back at some point, but yeah, Philippines, I know it sounds great. You've been there. So that's great to hear. That's that's where your place, your favourite place would be. So thanks ever so much for joining me today. Thank you. Okay. Thanks so much for listening to today's MS show. Please subscribe, rate and review this podcast. And if you'd like to get more involved with the MS show, why not join our Facebook community? Just search Facebook for the MS show. Come back soon for another dose of MS information and inspiration. You've been listening to the MS Show podcast.